You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil! You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders! Sprinkle some pixie dust around, grab your happiest thoughts, and fly away with me, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy, off to Neverland once again. We've got a lot of fun planned for today. We're going to take a look back at Circle Vision, uh, a little bit of its history, and take a virtual ride, uh, well, viewing of Circle Vision. Also, we're going to take a look at the new digital and Blu-ray release of the classic film, Bambi. It's coming up right here on the Neverland Podcast, so join me in here as we jump into some uh, really interesting news. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. I have some very odd park news this week. Uh, I actually saw this news story where the uh, Happily Ever After Fireworks show that's now happening every night in Disney's Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida has apparently been dropping some ashes and maybe some small pieces of cardboard that's being that's falling on vehicles and yards in the Windermere Key, Key I guess Windermere Key luxury apartments after the fireworks show. Uh, and the, you know there's a a channel here, a news channel in Florida that ha- has covered this and they talked to somebody named Rob that didn't want to give their last name and he says, "Well, you have to pay for it every day to get it cleaned off, plus God only knows what damage it's doing to my car." Uh, and they are saying, and the residents in that area, they're saying that Wishes, the previous fireworks show, they didn't have to deal with any debris. Yet others say, you know, like Victor Salcedo, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he said, it's expected, I mean, if you're living here, you're less than a mile away from the launch point. Uh, yeah, because these fireworks have been going on for nearly 50 years now, every night in this park. So you'd have to expect maybe some sort of bit of something might have been falling, if anything, from these fireworks shows. Uh, so I find it odd now that he- happily ever after, when the new show started, suddenly now people are saying that they're getting some pieces of cardboard and some ashes from the fireworks. Uh, it seems strange, and I wonder if maybe they're, you know, is this people that maybe have been getting it all along, and now that there's a new show, they're finding an excuse to try to make a complaint? Uh, I don't know if they're going to try to file a lawsuit or something, but it's just a very interesting complaint to suddenly pop up now with a new show when it's, you know, I don't see how this is different from any other show that they've done over there. 
Uh, so very bit of odd, interesting news that uh, I'm going to keep my eye on to see if anything actually comes from it. Here is some interesting news from the world of Star Wars. Well, at least the world of Star Wars production. Uh, directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were working on the upcoming Han Solo movie, were let go from the project, and all I can find really it seems to be there's some creative differences over the style and tone of the film. It kind of came to a head, and so they were let go. Uh, we didn't have to wait very long before we had a brand new director, and in fact we've got Ron Howard now set to direct this film. Uh, he's already met with uh, Alden, I can never say his name right, Aaron Reich, who's playing, of course, Han Solo. And then Donald Glover, which I'm excited about him playing Lando Calrissian. He looks the part, and he's, he's really funny. He's going to be awesome. You've also got Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, and Thandie Newton on the role. Uh, and this is uh, they're going to start resuming the film on July 10th and get back to work on it. And uh, Ron Howard has tweeted out, I am begun grateful to add my voice to the Star Wars universe after being a fan since 52577. Uh, I hope to honor the great work already done and help deliver on the promise of a Han Solo film. Uh, he's got a lot of things he's directed, but uh, I want to jump into something he has already held, a Lucasfilm, uh, Willow. Maybe uh, those of you listening don't remember that film. If you haven't seen that film, go watch it. It's awesome. Ward Davis, Val Kilmer, great fantasy fairy tale style epic. I really wish there'd have been more than one film. Uh, great score there to it. Uh, great film. And, you know, Ron Howard directed that, did a great job of it. So he can handle this type of adventure. So I'm actually pretty excited about this. I think Ron, Herod, Ron Howard is a great choice to direct this film. All right, and the ongoing saga of Sony's Spider-Man universe. Things are getting complicated, and it's hard to tell the players from the without a program anymore. But okay, so you've got Amy Pascal, and she's already been talking about a, you know a Venom film and a, uh, a Black Cat and Silver Saber old film, all these things she wants to do. Uh, and she has said, because she's in charge of the Spider-Man universe that Sony has, because Sony still has those rights, and so Amy Pascal is in charge. And she has said, well, those movies will take place in the world that we're now creating for Peter Parker. They'll do, they'll all be adjuncts to it. They may be on different locations, but it will still be in the same world. They will be connected to each other as well. Because she's saying that they're going to be connected to this Spider-Man Homecoming film, and the Spider-Man Homecoming film is connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Marvel Studios has created. So she figures, oh, well, they're going to be part of it. However, Kevin Feige came out in an interview, and he's the one really in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he says, no plans to include Venom in the MCU right now. That is Sony's project. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not connected to the Marvel world, so that's really intriguing what that will be. Uh, well, that's actually what John Watts told Fandango. He's the director of Spider-Man Homecoming. He's the one who said it's not connected to the Marvel world. That's really intriguing. What will that be? I don't know anything about it. It's not connected, so there's not an overlap. I'm only focused on my movie right now. Uh, so, yeah, there's some confusion as to what's going on. Now, if there is going to be a Venom and a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie, I'd rather them be connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I'd like to see Marvel Studios working with Sony as they have with Spider-Man to make sure that they're done properly and they're properly connected in with the world and properly connected in with Spider-Man the way they should be. Uh, and then I will be very excited to see them. I think Sony noticed the backlash of people being like, oh, hey, you know, don't just go independently outside of Marvel Studios when you've got something to connect in and we want to see good stuff and not you go off on your own so far. Uh, I think maybe this is trying to get back on the page with people like me who have, you know, said something about it that I would not be interested in seeing a Venom film that was not properly connected. 
uh, because it seems like they're trying to keep it outside, but they're saying, no, no, we're connecting it to our Spider-Man. Uh, well, okay, if you're going to connect it to Spider-Man, what you should do, you also then need to connect it with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you need to work something out to get that properly put in there, because I would rather see Venom as part of Spider-Man's world. So, Sony, you're you're taking a step, I guess, in the right direction, but just do it the right way and work with the proper people. Uh, I, I would like to see you do this right, so... Uh, this gives me a little hope that I guess that they're wanting to uh, do it right, but you know what? Bring, bring Venom around in a Spider-Man movie, uh, and it's my thought. We've got an announcement on the inductees for 2018 into the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and from the original ones I heard of, I thought I was going to have some comments on, because originally I did, of course, hear about Mark Hamill, which I was surprised he didn't already have a star, but I, I think they change these out every year. Is that how this works? I don't live in Hollywood. I don't pay attention to this thing usually. Uh, but, you know, so Mark Hamill, well, of course, he deserves it. He should have been there a long time ago, along with Weird Al Yankovic. Those are the two big ones I heard about. But apparently Weird Al Yankovic was with Lin-Manuel Miranda and found out that Lin-Manuel Miranda also was getting into the Walk of Fame. Now, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I have said that name to a few people that I find it kind of odd he's getting a, a, a star on the Walk of Fame. And they looked at me and have asked me, who's Lin-Manuel Miranda? Now, when people ask me that question, that says to me, you're not famous enough to deserve to have your star on there. Now, I know him from, he did that musical Hamilton that I haven't seen. I guess only people in New York, really, or tourists, maybe have traveled to see it. I guess it's a big deal. I've never seen it. He also did write the music for Moana, and that was pretty good. He wrote some good music for Moana, and so he has definitely done some stuff. I don't know if that's enough to make him famous, to where he deserves a star. But there's some other names on this list that I don't know who they are. Uh, we are going to get some inductions like Steve, Crocodile Hunter, Irwin. That's very cool. We all know who he is. He probably deserves that. Anthony Anderson. Now, I think, I'm, I, think I know who Anthony Anderson. I think he's done a lot of television. I'm, I'm at least familiar with it. Jillian Anderson, you know, from The X-Files. Linda Carter, long time overdue, kind of like Mark Hamill. You know, Melinda Carter, you know, television's Wonder Woman. I wouldn't say the first one because she wasn't the absolute first. Uh, Simon Cowell, that's kind of interesting. But then Tariji P. Henson, no idea. Eric McCormick, no idea. Ryan Murphy, no idea. Nisi Nash, no idea. Mandy Patinkin, about time, okay? Uh, he's probably been in our, should have been here a long time. Shonda Rhimes, no idea. And RuPaul. I don't know why RuPaul's in there. RuPaul's not that famous, but RuPaul has a television show, and that's gotten popular, I guess. I don't, I've never watched it, but I guess that gets you a, a star in the Walk of Fame. Uh, from the film industry, you got Jack Black. We know who he is. I don't know that he's earned it yet, but he's in there. At least we know who he is. Kirsten Dunst. I didn't know she was even still around. Jeff Goldblum. Long time coming. It's about time they gave him a start. F. Gary Gary. No idea. Mark Hamill, as I mentioned before. Long overdue. Jennifer Lawrence. I don't feel like she's earned it either. Although she is more famous probably than uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Gina Lola Brigitte. I don't even know how to say her name, but I've never heard of her before. And then finally, Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse just now getting a star. And I don't know if anybody has issues with a fictional character being on there, but hey, cool, Minnie Mouse. And this is a Disney show, so we like Minnie Mouse. Nick Nolte, surprised he didn't have one. And Zoe Saldana, also been doing some Disney films, you know. Uh, she, of course, has been playing in the Guardians of the Galaxy's films as uh, Gamora. So that's pretty cool. I don't know that she's super famous enough to have a star, but I guess she's getting one anyway. I don't know. Somewhere in the back of my head, I think you need to have a legacy before you get your star. But not that they won't be deserving, I think, in the future, but I think it's too soon for some of them. It's like being put into the Hall of Fame uh, when you're two years into your career. That kind of thing, you know. But anyways, there's still more from Music and Performance for Veterans. Mary, Mary J. Blige. 
Very cool. Uh, Richard Branson, don't know who that is. Petula Clark, don't know who that is. Harry Connick Jr., awesome. Snoop Dogg, I'm not a fan of Snoop Dogg, but he's been around a long time. He's earned it. Ice-T, he's earned it. Carrie Underwood, probably will earn it, but she's going in already. Weird Al Yankovic definitely has earned his stripes on this. Charles Aznavour, no idea who that is. Lin-Manuel Miranda, as I mentioned. Uh, radio host Steve Jones, I guess that must be a national show. I've never heard of him either. Late comedian Bernie Mac also gets spots. Uh, Bernie Mac, I guess he did establish some things, and, you know, since he's now late, you you know, it's kind of a nice honor for him to put it in there. Um, so, you know, I, I can't say that I'm all that enthused about the induction, except for, hey, Minnie Mouse and Mark Hamill, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, that is very, very cool, but, you know, some of these other ones, I'm like, really, I don't think they're that famous. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! Disney, the world's greatest storyteller, brings the world's greatest love story to the screen. Bambi, the story that proves that love can be loaded with laughs. Well, what's the matter with them? They're twitterpated. Twitterpated? Yes. Nearly everybody gets twitterpated in the springtime. It's not gonna happen to me. Me neither. It can happen to anybody. For example, you're walking along... Minding your own business, when all of a sudden, you run smack into a pretty face. You begin to get weak in the knees. Your head's in a whirl. And then you feel light as a feather. And then you know what? You're not for a loop. And you completely lose your head. Bambi. The story of a deer who learned that love means many things to many people. To his parents, it means courage and sacrifice. It is man. We must go deep into the forest. Hurry. To Bambi's mate, Feline, love is at once a tender and a terrifying thing. Quick, Feline, jump! To Bambi himself, Love comes to mean heroism and fearlessness. Here, surging out of the roaring forest is the most powerful, gripping, romantic story ever brought to the screen by Walt Disney. All right, now this actually came back out a couple weeks ago with the Signature Edition, and it's even marked as being an Anniversary Edition, but Bambi has been released in high-definition Blu-ray and digital, uh, which I, I don't think this is the first time it's been released in digital because when I unlocked this with my uh, my Disney Movie Rewards, I got it on Disney Movies Anywhere, and I also got uh, a, a second copy that popped up in Vudu from the previous release. But here, we just went and watched the movie again, and I watched the special features, so... Pixie Heather, the Wendy nerd, is here. Hi. And so we got to watch the movie again. Was it fun seeing this again? You haven't seen it in a long time. 
No, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and um, gosh, I don't even remember if it was on VHS or if we actually watched it on a film strip. Like, it was... It's that old. Yeah, it's that old. Um, and, I mean, it was nice to see all of the, you know, the backgrounds and the colors and the, you know, the settings looked all, you know, really nice and, you know, better than I remembered it. Of course, as a kid, you focus on the story, you know, and... Yeah. And as you get older, you can appreciate some of the, you know, some of the other things about it that um, that are beyond the story. Yeah, it really looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, I mean, the special features were really nice. There, there's a couple that are, I think, aimed for kids. Uh, there's a couple. One of them that focuses a little bit on some of the animals that you see in the film and tries mm-hmm. to educate you. Although there's not a lot of, you know, there's some unfactual things in the film, like possums hanging by their tails. That doesn't happen. You know, so you and, and as we watched it, you even pointed out there's a lot of things that are not factual uh, with how the animals are portrayed. Yeah, I mean, uh, but the, it's a movie. So. Yeah, I mean, this is beyond like just the Blu-ray. This is like kind of a the movie yeah. part of it. There's but, there's yeah, things so, they did to make the the story flow that is not actually yeah. You know, so factual, there's there's stuff okay. as far as storytelling that's done. that's yeah. not necessarily. But it's nice that they have a feature to try to educate a little bit about some animals uh-huh. that you see. But a lot of the features are actually some behind the scenes, and I think some of it was on a previous release because it was uh, more the old screen size. It wasn't uh, as wide. wide it wasn't all in widescreen mm-hmm. for some of the features, and I even forgot the name. They had a little short thing that's the the first female animator actually worked the sequence with the dog, so I learned that. Also, there's a nice little bit about Tyrus Wong, uh, who just passed away this past year, but he did the backgrounds, which are uh, amazing, which are really good. They're watercolor, mm-hmm. but he was from China, and that's the way they would do paintings is in mm-hmm. watercolor. And uh, they tell a little bit of his story as where he started as an in-betweener, which most of you know what that is. That's somebody who goes in between the main frames of animation that the animators do and fills it in and smooths it out. And someone had seen some of his work and said, well, why are you doing in-between? You should be doing some backgrounds. And so he actually was the one that developed where Bambi has the look that it does because they didn't know how to make a forest work because forests are so cluttered that they didn't think you could see but really neat special features i think that really told a lot about the film and they even Mm -hmm. talked to some disney historians so the special features are fantastic which will they will unlock on the digital copy uh but i still recommend i I love having a hard copy i've actually had some recent troubles with voodoo with my disney movies anywhere account needed to be refreshed and where they had lost track of the fact that i owned a couple of marvel movies this Mm -hmm. week and i had to get that fixed so i recommend buying a solid copy and i even i bought it from target and I got a special edition that has a little book of Bambi that came with it, which is similar to what I, when I bought Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, so the transfer looks great in high definition. Yeah, I mean, it looks really good. Um, I mean, you'll it's going to be like you see it all, you know, new all again yeah. you know, for the first time, kind of. Yeah, it's still, it's still you can tell it's, it's from, you know, early days of Walt Disney. But mm-hmm. it looks very clean, very nice. The sound was fantastic. I didn't notice any weird glitches or any problems with the transfer. Looks beautiful, and it's a great movie, and it's definitely one. All right, yes, some people say that it might traumatize your children at one it point. It traumatized me. But this is definitely mm-hmm. one to share with your kids because mm-hmm. some of the old – back during the Walt Disney era is some of the best animation that the Disney company put out. So it's definitely worth adding to your collection. Uh, I know the the live action Beauty of the Beast is out there beckoning to you probably as well, which it's beckoning to me. I would like to get that one, although I still like the animated better. I kind of want to get that one sometime too. But this is definitely get this before they pull it away. I, I'm sad we missed the Jungle Book. I, I need to find us a copy of the Jungle Book. I like missed it. Well, as long as we get the some the movie in some way, I'm, I'll be happy. It doesn't have to be special. 
Well, getting yeah. it the nice high definition sets that they put out, you know, because we don't have the Jungle Book. We don't at all. I know. It's so strange. So, yeah, I know. You keep finding it on YouTube somehow and watching it in clips. So, but yes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely the signature collection. I'm very glad they put it out there. It's really nice. They have the Walt Disney kind of sign on the back. So definitely worth go out. I recommend going to Target because I really liked the book that this came with. Although uh, it's very limited supply on that, so you may have missed out if you haven't picked it up already. Because this came out, I guess, a couple of weeks ago they put this back out. And, I, boy, they seem to be very quiet about when they put these out. I mean, uh, I knew Pinocchio was coming just because the movie program, I think, was saying, was saying hey, Pinocchio's coming. And that's how I found out Bambi was coming, as they were putting up as a film of the month. Uh, and a special deal, you can get it with Bambi 2, which... I'm not interested in Bambi 2. Uh, if you have seen Bambi 2 and enjoyed it, let us know. Apparently that is uh, filling in the gaps of Bambi with his father raising him. Because I did notice when watching the film that there does seem to be a gap where Bambi has been separated from some of the other characters, it seems. Because, they, because you know, Thumper, hey, hey, remember me? And stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, definitely just as good as you might remember from when you were a kid. Looks mm-hmm. beautiful. Sounds beautiful. Learn about the ripple glass effect and the special features. Definitely worth purchase. I'm happy I got it. Yeah, the music is awesome. It sounds just like, um, you know, the weather. I mean, that's kind of, I think, what it was intended oh, to be. yeah. Their environment, um, the music um, in the background, even with the vocal, yeah. sounds very much like, you know, rain or a storm or, you know, a sunshining day. And um, that comes through really well. It's, 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 I mean, there's not many films out there like Bambi for the way everything really pulls together to give you an experience of nature. Um, in an animated way. Yeah, if your kids are so used to computer animation and think that's the way to go, show them the whole sequence of Drip, Drip, Drop, Little April Showers, which was ranked mm-hmm. as one of the best animated sequences ever. Or the storm sequence. That, that is yeah. the storm. Oh, that, yeah, I yeah. mean, the whole thing, because yeah. that's the first time they really studied water and rain mm-hmm. to see how it looked. And what they've captured is nothing short of amazing. And how mm-hmm. they've drawn it, it's so good. I mean, I, I, I went on and on about the clocks in Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. And uh, But this makes me wonder, because Snow White has been released, and then Pinocchio, and now Bambi. Mm-hmm. Next on the list, I believe, would be Fantasia. And I, we do have this on DVD, but I bet you're bringing interested in to get a high-def copy of Fantasia, because that would be the fourth in sequence, uh, I believe. As long as I got Fantasia, I'm good. Yep. We'll get you a high-def one, because it'll have some neat special features. I haven't watched that in a long time. But yeah, be on the lookout for Fantasia to come out pretty soon, because I'm, I'm expecting it. You know, Because they seem to be going in order of re-releasing, the, although there was, I guess, the Jungle Book one. Was well, not quite in order, but you know these signature that was ones, though. Than these. I don't know because they've gotten you know last three. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm you know I'm gonna pay attention to the signature series because I'm expecting you know they'll eventually get through some ones that maybe I I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen every animated classic. I'm sure there's some that I haven't seen. I don't know, but we'll keep an eye out because I love these these sets and they're definitely worth it. And I'm still hoping for a nice re-release of some of the the animated shorts and some new treasury sets mm-hmm. would be nice in high definition because I don't have all of those and and, and we all know we love those shorts. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. yeah, I know the I, it came with the book, and I don't know if they do books of Disney movies anymore. I mean, I grew up with a Disney book. I of, had a read along of, of Bambi, yeah. and you had a ring read along, and um, this is would be nice to. You know, read along with your kids. In fact, I read the book before, the Disney book, before I watched the movie. Now, I've read the actual novel this is based on, uh, which is completely different from the movie in a lot of ways. I do recommend reading it because it's interesting, but it, it reads like a documentary. Uh, I mean, I it still kind of tells the story. Yeah, it's, it's like an interesting read, read uh, but the, I think the movie is fun, and you do get to see some story bits, and they even have some versions of the film you can watch where you have excerpts of the so the story meetings where they're kind of deciding things about different scenes that they've recorded 
Well, they're not the audio, but they, they've, they've made note of it. I'm not even talking deleted scenes. You can watch the film, and instead of commentary, oh. you can have people reading and doing voice work pretending to be Walt Disney as all these things were written down in these story meetings. Mm-hmm. So that someone will read as Walt Disney because Walt had said this about this scene. When they, so there's a there's a way to watch it which we haven't done yet. I watched a little bit of it. and I was like, oh how cool! It's the, the it's the written documents of the story meetings being read for you. Uh, and there's lots of different ways to view it. They even have a way to view the film where they've put instead of you know, instead of just having the sides knocked out because they they didn't make movies in widescreen at the time. Uh, you can have like green leaves on the side if you would like to watch it that way. So there are options to watch it. And yeah, that's stuff I need to check that out sometime. I think I did that with Pinocchio. There was a commentary even, but this is different from a commentary. This is Walt's actual notes being read for you. I mean, but you can learn you know from deleted scenes that they really kind of came up with stuff on the fly in these story meetings. So very exciting stuff and everything. But um, uh, I think we need to move on. Okay. So to Disney and beyond. Oh, Eric Warren. Eric, 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 Eric Warren. Eric Warren. Okay, so we were slowly building up a Disney park here in Neverland that we can go to in our virtual imaginations, and I wanted to talk a little bit about. You know, basically rides that aren't there anymore that we can still visit. And one of them that I never got to see is Circle Vision. Yeah. Which is actually, it's a film technique that was refined by the Walt Disney Company. And it uses nine cameras for nine screens arranged in a circle. And so it's completely immersive. And I, I did find out that the reason for the odd number is it... it it's like an odd number screen, and you get the small space in between, and the, where the you put the projector in the gaps. And but it, somehow or another, the odd numbers helps with the uh, the effect of you know, being able to squeeze it around. Apparently, so I don't completely completely understand it, but that's what I was reading. Is like that, you know that little you know where you, it gives you a place to put the projector, and it gives you where you can circle it around. And of course, they used to put. Uh, uh, like handbars, so you could hold on and lean against them while you're looking. That way, you don't yeah, get disoriented. Yeah, yeah little handrails that uh, you can lean against, and because uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever put on a VR headset. Uh, if you look around a little bit, it doesn't take very long for your senses to get a little discombobulated, and you might need to, <laughs> you know, rest against something to at least stay standing up. Uh, very much the case with uh, Circle Rama. Uh, you've got this 360 degree view. Uh, around your periphery uh, of uh, including motion, you know they they've mounted this camera onto moving objects. Yeah. These uh, nine cameras, the, <laughs> yes, uh, to to film and to get this uh, to get to get this video uh, to present, and it, it can be a little bit disorienting. Uh, yeah, so I, you I bet you're headed up on a swivel, on. <laughs> trying to watch uh, everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, and well, and in some cases, it actually. They put the cameras on a swivel or on, you know, like a lazy Susan to kind of slowly turn as, you know, it's all sitting on top of a car, which is driving down the street. Oh, wow. So, yeah, um, I actually did have the opportunity to see one of the films uh, that they presented. I believe now it's been well close to 20 years now since I saw it, but I believe that it was American Journeys. And it really was just a, a look at different aspects of America. Um, you know, everything from Purple Mountain Majesties and Amber Waves of Grain to uh, 
heading down Main Street. Uh, it was such a, an interesting perspective. You're always looking around, trying to see what's going on uh, to your sides or behind you. Uh, I know that in one of the movies that they uh, made for this, you can actually see Walt Disney in the frame for a little bit <laughs> as he's kind of helping to direct the, the cameras where they should go. Uh, really, there was no place to hide from these cameras. It's yeah. a, a bit like a Google Street View today yeah. where... You know, the, all of the action is all around you. And, uh, you know, we can certainly, you know, look to see where this technology has gone since. But it still is being used in the parks. Yep. Uh, we'll go through some of the little history here. Disneyland, when it grew, when it opened, actually, in 1955, in Tomorrowland, you had – it was Circorama. And then it became Circle Sir Vision Car 360. Rama. Circa, mm -hmm. Circorama. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's hard to say. And then it Sir became World Car Premier Circle yeah. Vision. <laughs> yeah. And actually has uh, about four different films they showed, A Tour of the West, America the Beautiful, Wonders of China, and American Journeys that you got to see. Mm -hmm. It was sponsored mm -hmm. at different times in the 50s by American Motors, in the 60s by Bell System, in the 70s by AT&T Bell System, Pacific Southwest Airlines in the 1980s, Delta Airlines in the 1990s, and then was shut down in 1997, was followed up by Rocket Rods, and then Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Yeah, in fact, that building was the queue for rocket rods. <laughs> you know, and it was a pretty neat uh, thing to see at that time because they took old Disneyland um, vehicles like uh, an old monorail, people mover, uh, astrojets, and made kind of like a, a – they hung them in the room and – painted them in grids. So you weren't actually seeing the vehicle. You were seeing the grid of the vehicle. Hmm. Kind of hard to describe, but yeah. it was an in interesting way to look back at the history of Tomorrowland as you were about to ride this new futuristic uh, rocket rod, which only lasted a year and a half. But, yeah, it apparently um, didn't work as well as they thought. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, and certainly uh, we've got a great ride now with uh, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters there. Yep. Well, the Magic Kingdom over in Orlando opened, of mm -hmm. course, October 15th, 1971, with America the Beautiful, also yeah. in Tomorrowland. And it was known at first at Circle Vision 360 and then became the Metropolis Science Center. Mm -hmm. uh, showed first, of course, America the Beautiful, followed by Magic Carpet Round the World and American Journeys, and then ended with From Time to Time, which was also known as the Timekeeper. Now, wasn't that the one that had, like, Robin Williams? Yes, it had Robin Williams as the timekeeper, and it featured his assistant, Nine-Eye, <laughs> which was voiced by Rhea Perlman. Oh, cool. And, you know, great thing about this is it uh, took a look at Jules Verne and a bit of the history of Tomorrow. Uh, this one was sponsored by Monsanto and then Black and Decker, and unfortunately closed February 26th of 2006 as the Timekeeper. I never got to see it there either. But now, I, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. oh, I was just going to say now it is the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Ah, okay, so I've been in there before. Mm -hmm. uh, but over in Epcot, opened in October 1st, 1982, a part of World Showcase in the, both the China Pavilion and the Canada Pavilion. There is a Wonders of China and the O Canada. Uh, that's what it started with, you know, it's a 1982 version, but it now currently shows reflections of China and has a 2007 update with 50% new footage, new soundtrack, and Martin Short uh, at yep. O Canada. And it's still going now. Mm hmm. 
There's still mm-hmm. some Circle there. Vision films, which I, when I was in Epcot, we didn't cover enough of it, and I didn't get to see it, so I have missed out. Mm-hmm. But there's still a chance. I'll get down to Epcot, I'll go see it, and so I can learn all about stuff. But uh, Tokyo Disney has also had one that opened in 83, closed in 2002, also located in Tomorrowland, was not only known as Circle Vision 360, but also as Visionarium. That sounds mm-hmm. like a Marvel character, and- doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Now, Visionarium was a version of From Time to Time. Used many of the same elements. Uh, I don't believe Robin Williams did the voice of uh, the timekeeper in this one, but uh, uh, still, it was very much uh, very similar to the timekeeper. Yeah, and they also got to see the magic carpet round the world in the American Journeys film. But I can't imagine American Journeys was that interesting for people in Tokyo. But maybe it was. Hmm. Uh, Could have been sponsored by Fujifilm and followed up by Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. Oh, well, putting the space to good use. Yes, with a very cool ride. (laughs) Now, uh, there's been one other Disney park that has had uh, Circle Vision, and that was Disneyland Paris. uh, We grand opening (laughs) on April 12th of 1992 through September of 2004. Uh, Now, only one film showed uh, during that time, and that was Le Visionarium, which is also a Visionarium and also from time to time. So again, uh, that built off of uh, Disneyland Paris's Discoveryland concept, which again was taking a look at the future through visionaries from the past like Jules Verne. That happened to have been sponsored by uh, the car company Renault. Which, is Renault even around? I remember we had a Renault car when I was younger, and it was a piece of junk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I have awful. no idea if they're still around. It was a it was a uh, manual transmission, and reverse was so close to first gear that it was hard to get it into reverse. And we'd end up rolling, hitting curb a lot, trying to get the thing into reverse to pull out of a parking spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, the 360 approach there, Circle Vision, has been used in a few other things, which I'm not going to worry too much about. I do, however, want to talk a little bit about America the Beautiful because I did find some information and I do have some audio from the 1967 version. America the Beautiful opened in November of 1971. Well, I guess that was, they're saying 71, but yet I have a version from 67. I don't know if I got to the fact, because I'm finding some stuff on Extinct Disney. uh, 1971. The 1971 might be referring to... Oh, that's Walt Disney World, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Originally shot for the 1958 World's Fair in Brussels, and it was brought to Disneyland in 1960. There it is. Okay. Film is just over 18 minutes in length and originally sponsored by Monsanto, best known for their sponsorship of the now extinct Adventure Through Inner Space, which we're going to have to talk about that one sometime, too. Not to mention the Hall of Aluminum. Hall of Aluminum? Yeah. Well, and okay. Monsanto's House of the Future. Yes, that one I'm aware of, and that was the whole plastic house, right? Yep. All right. Well, I think it's time we take a virtual trip into the Circle Vision, which, okay, you really have to use your imaginations because I know this is only audio and it's based on a film, but come on. Go with this. That's what we do in Neverland, right? <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's go and get into the queue line and experience Circle Vision in the only way that we can in a podcast, <laughs> with with our ears. Circle Vision. 
because man wanted to fly. <laughs> Howdy, folks. I'm Orville. Say, let me show you why I've been chosen. You're a number one aeronautical expert. Man took to the sky. subjected to complete examination, scrutinizing investigation, exacting studies, and thorough research. Let me show you what was found out. Man discovered the top of a wing must be curved. As the wing moves through the sky, air passing over the wing moves faster than air underneath. This makes the air pressure under the wing greater than above, so the wing is pushed up. Of course, <laughs> there's more to flying than just lift. To get the lift and maintain it, you gotta have what is known as propulsion. Show you how us birds do it. You see our wings move forward on the downstroke. During the downstroke, the wing tips bend upward. In this position, the wings slice the air like a knife, allowing the wings and body to move forward. On the upstroke, the wing tips separate. This lets the air pass through, making it easier for the old wings to get back to their starting position. As this is done, over and over, a bird achieves propulsion. <laughs> Remind me to have those principles demonstrated on a bigger blackboard from now on. <laughs> anyway, with this knowledge at their command, the brothers Orville and Wilbur Wright made a bold declaration. I am going to fly. Me too. 
To achieve lift, their flying machine had wings which were curved on top. For propulsion, they had a 12-horsepower engine which turned two propellers. Now a propeller has a front surface which is curved like the top of a wing. When it spins, air pressure in front becomes less than the pressure behind. pushes toward the lower pressure, it propels the plane. Any bird After that historic flight at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, December 17, 1903, there was no stop another intrepid birdman in their quest to fly. Oh, man and machine, what a wonderful team, as together they reach for the sky, what the devil may care, they take to the air, and perform the burning on high, so it's on the defying the ground, as they give it the young college try. Since he built the first plane, oh, because man wanted to fly. As the years went flying, flying on by, man kept putting better planes in the sky. From the shores of hops, the hops became non-stop. Say, friends, here's something that really helped air travel take off. A jet engine. Yes, sir. This gizmo helped to make today's airplanes fly faster and farther than ever before. Show you how it works. Air enters the intake at a low speed. It's compressed and burned with fuel in the combustion chamber. Now this creates an exhaust moving out the back that's so fast, it gives the airplane a real... Aside from the jet, there are other great things about modern-day air travel. For instance, comfort and convenience. If you don't believe me, well, follow the lead of us birds. It's super good flying wherever you go.
and a rare land, a fresh and fair land, a land so blessed in natural beauty, resources, and people that she became the world's best hope. Come, take a look at her, Americans. Glimpse a nation's splendor and be proud of your heritage. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shores. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Look at our portrait of America, and for a few moments, see how a great nation was carved out of a wilderness. Let's begin our magic carpet ride in New York City, that great melting pot of people and cultures. They came in their multitudes, bringing with them brains and muscles, sinews and spirit, in pursuit of a dream. A dream that until now had never been. A dream that somehow people could live together in justice and equality. A dream that democracy was the handwork of all and that the glorious struggle could be won here. Where did this drive for the American dream begin? Not just in the great cities, but in towns and hamlets all over colonial America. The spirit of the early settlers is still all around us, hundreds of years later. Come all ye and savor and listen to me. I'll sing you a song of the fish of the sea. Then blow you in westerly, westerly go. We're proud to the southward, so steady she goes. They wanted to be free, to be governed by officers of their own choosing. They would fight in their towns to wrest the freedom of constitutional process from a distant, unrepresentative government. They gave up narrow self-interest for the national good so that all the generations to come could be at peace in their own communities, free to choose a lifestyle of their own. Simple men fought and won the bloody struggle of the revolution. To this outpost in the wilderness, Abraham Lincoln came to be a storekeeper and postmaster of New Salem, Illinois, before he went on to the state legislature and to Washington. When George Washington left Mount Vernon for the first time, it was to lead the revolutionary armies. When he left for the second time, it was to lead the struggling young republic as its first president. Because revolution was in the minds and hearts of people in towns like Williamsburg, they played a much larger role in politics than in any country before. Virginia alone produced four of the first five presidents, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe. 
people stood up and were counted. In peace, they demanded no less. And so here in Independence Hall in Philadelphia, our founding fathers drafted a constitution that defined the delicate relationship between citizen and government as it had never been done before. For the first time in history, people would be governed by officials of their own choosing. And here was met the first government of the new nation so created. Proclaim liberty throughout the land and unto all the inhabitants thereof. Real freedom was established and protected, and under it, man could achieve his highest good. Men, women, and children of today honor those heroes of the past. Prominent in our portrait of America is the White House, the home of every American president since John Adams. A fitting home for the man who symbolizes the dignity and majesty of the American people in the most powerful elective office in the world. In bloody battle, Americans won the right to choose our leaders, from town meeting to nation's capital. George Washington himself laid the cornerstone of this great building, wherein the laws of the country are made. Over this peaceful countryside at Gettysburg was fought the greatest battle of the Civil War. It was the high tide of the Confederacy. 163,000 men struggled to decide the fate of the Union. 7,000 died that day for their beliefs. As always, our form of government seems to give us the president we need in time of crisis. Here was a man for the ages, Abraham Lincoln, dedicated, humble, grave, humorous, a simple man who gave his life that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. He lives on in the hearts of free men everywhere. Falls, whose natural grandeur is just a small part of our nation's abundant resources. The president is commander-in-chief of all the armed forces. At West Point, with a scholar's broad knowledge, these young men prepare for their life of duty, sacrifice, and service to their country. At the Air Force Academy in Colorado, these cadets will master incredible technical advances to keep this proud nation free. And at Annapolis, these midshipmen will follow the sea as their predecessors have from the time of the revolution. Not only is the president their commander, he is also the nation's conscience and its teacher.
Sandberg called Chicago hog butcher for the world, tool maker, stacker of wheat, player with railroads, and the nation's freight handler. Stormy, husky, brawling, city of the big shoulders. More than any other city, Chicago typifies the spirit that has pulled this country from the sparest beginnings to the strongest nation in the world today. with its jazz and blues. There is one thing we all have in common. Freedom. Freedom to go where we want, be what we want. Freedom to choose our own government, as well as our friends. Just where the Missouri meets the Mississippi River sits the jumping off place for every pioneer that rolled a wagon westward. St. Louis, symbolized by the elegantly simple Gateway Memorial. Pioneers who passed this way stretched the country from sea to sea, pulled by the lure of land and riches for the finding. And each man, woman, and child who saw this old courthouse in 1834 accepted responsibility for himself on the long trip west and forged that uniquely American trait, independence. Over the Colorado River, it was a five-month, 2,000-mile trip for the lines of covered wagons as they searched for a better life. Because they believed they would find it, the dream became a reality. I was out walking one morning for pleasure. I spied a cowpuncher riding along. His hat was thrown back and his spurs were jingling. And as he approached, he was singing this song. Whoopie tie, I oh, get along, you little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie tie, I oh, get along, you little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home. territory like this. They built roads and towns and industries where there were none. They brought something even more important to this wilderness, perhaps the most important of all American rights, the right to vote, to choose a government that would protect their rights and fulfill their needs even in the remotest parts of this country. Today, their descendants enjoy a vastly different lifestyle. They may fly by jet to Sun Valley to enjoy their skiing, 
but their legacy has come down to them unchanged. Their government still responds to the majority of their votes. She's a vast land, this America of ours, stretching all the way to the Arctic Ocean and covering one-fifth of the world's land surface. Yes, on our last frontier in the frozen reaches of Alaska, the spirit and drive of the early settlers is still very much alive. And just as high as rugged Mount McKinley, glorious in its grandeur, highest point on the North American continent. Even if it is perched on the very ends of the earth, and the temperature may hit only 40 in midsummer, Nome, Alaska is just as American as the corner drugstore. They are governed by the same laws as San Francisco and the Golden State of California, where the generations have mined the gold and tilled the farms. built a city of grace and elegance where you can meet yourself coming and going. To really know San Francisco's charm is to know it at dusk at Fisherman's Wharf where the abundance of the sea can be found at every door. It's a far cry from the bucket brigades and volunteer fire companies of early days, but the thrill of chasing the fire engine still exists, even if it is Los Angeles in the 20th century. Behind the cameras on a movie set in Hollywood, the legends and the lore of the America that was are captured in make-believe. Whether it's hula hoops or hot tubs or a day's sail on Balboa Bay, Southern Californians pursue lifestyles of their own choosing. And in Los Angeles, that sprawling community of cities that knows no end, they share with the people of Boston and Houston and the thousand, thousand towns between the knowledge that in this country, all men are created equal, that they do have certain inalienable rights. And in our newest state to the west, Hawaii, the tradition of the melting pot starts again as east and west meet and democracy renews itself. Linking Hawaii into our network of instant communication are telephone cables, satellites, television, radio, all the marvels of an electronic age so vital to preserve what another time secured for us by musket and ball.
Cleveland summed it all up at his inauguration. The Constitution, which prescribes my oath, my countrymen, is yours. The government you have chosen me to lead is yours. The laws and the entire scheme of our civil rule, from the town meeting to the national capital, is yours. glimpse into a nation's splendor, infinite in its variety, rich in its tradition, blessed in its heritage. So it's home again and home again, America for me. My heart is turning home again, and there I long to be. In the land of youth and freedom beyond the ocean's bars, where the air is full of sunlight and the flag is full of stars. you for listening to the neverland podcast we invite you back next week for more fun and adventure until then remember to keep a pixie in your pocket it's that young at heart positive attitude that you can share with others and remember to visit our website at neverlandpodcast.com there you can find links to our news page our shop our contact page where you can easily send an email to podcast at neverlandpodcast.com You can also find our Neverlanders page where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello, everybody. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. It's true. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Yeah! Yeah!
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.